Hi, this is Olivia Cook. And I'm Amber Duffney. And this is The Empowered Woman. Badass and unfiltered. My co-host Amber and I created this podcast to highlight the badass women we know and love. We did this with the goal of empowering women and supporting each other on the journey of life and business. We show women that they can still be a badass, make a difference in the world, leave a legacy, all while rocking their femininity. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Your co-host, Olivia Cook, here with a really special guest. Her name is Coach Jamie. She's a certified mindset transformational coach that helps individuals overcome burnout, unworthiness, and truly unleash their inner beast of happiness and fulfillment in life on their terms. She received her coaching certification from the UK and coaches men and women from all over the world. She left her corporate job in 2020, moved to a new city that she's never been to before, and has been coaching full-time since. Get ready to get pumped up and gain some tips to find internal happiness in your life with my guest, Jamie Sharla. Hey, yo guys, what's going on? Olivia, thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So give me a little bit of your backstory. Tell me how you got into this, what made you start and all of that. Yes. So uh, just kind of like everybody else, we've all experienced our own forms of adversity through life. And uh, about three years ago, this was, you know, before Facebook ads were, you know, as much of a thing. And I stumbled across this uh, opportunity for a call and it ended up being out of the UK. And I always wanted to do something with motivational speaking. And I have been a coach since I was 16. Um, you know, whether it was cheerleading, I did competitive cheer. I worked with gymnastics for kids that were as little as two, all the way up to 18. And I actually still, even today from a voluntary standpoint, coach special needs athletes, all of which are adults. So coach is always a word that has stuck with me and motivating people has always been my jam. And, uh, so when I kind of stumbled into this opportunity, it just, it kind of life happened for me instead of to me. And, uh, a lot of the adversity up to this point is what has allowed me to help others through many of the struggles as you know, you would have just mentioned and in the area of burnout, I went through that, uh, struggles with happiness. I went through that and being able to fully recognize my own sense of worth, but also being fulfilled in what it was that I was doing on a day-to-day basis. I went through that as well. So, uh, that's kind of my story in a very quick way that, uh, got me to where I am now. That is awesome. So I love that you've been coaching basically all of your like life pretty much and helping so many people throughout the process in different ways of coaching. Um, what's different for you about mindset coaching that that's more so the chapter you are falling into now? Right. So, you know, and I, I think it's awesome. So when I say this, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm always super transparent and, and I think it's great that through social media, it's trending on the mental health and, and just the awareness around that. Um, but I still feel like a lot of people are stuck on the stereotype of what it means to go see a therapist. And me personally, the way that I view it is that everything starts and ends within our minds. 
And, you know, I, I, I just fully believe that like, we're not broken. Like we've all went, I mean, and even let's, I don't even know anybody who's listening to this right now. Let's look at 2020 in itself. We've all went through some massive shit. So yeah, realistically, like we're humans, we're emotional creatures and we need to grieve. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to, and life sometimes doesn't let us. So for me personally is, is that even, you know, growing up and in my own journey, I had seen therapists at different points in my life. And I, I just think it's a matter of that going into it with the mindset of that we're not broken and we don't need to be fixed. We just have to find what works for us and how we can take what has happened to us to leverage and move us forward in life. Yes. Yes. Because it's like, I I, I do kind of want to speak on the fact that you, you were talking about how it's popular and you think it's great and everything like that. I I was almost getting annoyed on social media, like on Instagram, because I was just like, these people, like, it, it almost seems like it's like they want so many influencers since 2020 have that, that were influencers for other reasons, want to start to share their stories of things to seem like they, I'm not saying that they're not human, but I feel like it's pity tears almost like pity like and I know that sounds I don't know how that sounds but it's trying to make mental health sexy right and it's like it's almost like it's so inauthentic they're turning Mm -hmm. authenticity into something that it's not and it's just like it's just this the word has been thrown around so much but they don't share the good the bad the ugly and they they don't do they don't look in their own dirty mirrors so it also makes it to me very hard to find like a good coach that will actually care for you and not just their pocketbook Mm -hmm. that actually wants to help you transform your life um and I, I definitely think therapy does play a part. And I definitely think that, no, we're not broken. We just have to find what works for us. And it's important to find the proper coach that works for you. And it's like, how do you do that nowadays with social media? Mm-hmm. You know, and with that, oh my gosh, Olivia, that's that's another topic for another day for sure. But I know. Is it's, it's kind of even like within the fitness world, how, you know, everybody, and I think it's great to be passionate and, and, you know, that you, that people do go through their own testimonies and what made them lose weight or what made them get through their journey. But I still believe that it's a matter of putting in the work to know how to develop as a person to work with other people as well. And mm-hmm. so in the sense of finding a coach that would be a good fit for you, like you said, all these influencers, you know, it's so easy for us to get on social media and we think that somebody could be a good, a good coach because they have thousands of followers or millions of followers. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, they had their own story. They knew how to get through what they did. But do they have the skills and the techniques and the awareness on how to relate to people to communicate someone else and help them through what it is they're struggling with? And so I even know for me personally, I'm a huge, huge advocate. First and foremost, if you were to look for a coach and your coach doesn't have a coach, that is strike one. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes. I think first and foremost, like even the best, your Olympic athletes, they have coaches. You need somebody to push you and to help you grow. None of us are ever going to reach our peak where there's nothing else that we can learn. So if you're looking for a coach and you're wanting 
help, guidance, whatever it may be, make sure that they're investing in themselves. Um, I think that's first and foremost. But two, it's also a matter about finding what's going to work best for you. I know that I had recently hired a business coach and I interviewed about eight different coaches because I wanted to make sure that they were going to match my style. On Girl, you sound like me. When I first started my business, I interviewed seven. And that's yeah. when I realized that this was a crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like all of a sudden, even like, cause even now we're on that topic. If, just cause one person's making bank, that doesn't mean you know how to teach other people how to make bank. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's like, you, you have to know that you can, the, the knowledge is there, but then also it isn't just somebody trying to make money off of you. And then lastly is making sure that they fit your style because like you and I've talked on, offline about this. I'm huge into a CrossFit gym, but if there's somebody that like does yoga and I were to throw them into a CrossFit workout, they would be like, Jamie, you are out of your mind. What? It's yep. late, you know? Yeah, no, you're totally right. And it's, it's different because like as coaches, when we're looking for coaches, they coach coaches. So it's different. I I found myself, honestly, it's better to look for the specific thing you need instead of being more so generalized. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because it's like, they'll tell you, they'll teach you a lot of sales techniques. They'll teach you, but like, once you, once you know, like that general stuff, it's just like, um, okay. And the fact, like, I, I'm also certified, but the fact that you, you know, you're certified, like, people need to start asking for this because coaching is a non-regulated industry, mm-hmm. and yeah. and like, people just go all into that. But anyway, that's like, I totally want to do another talk on that. But right. so, but like, mindset goes. That's the other thing too. Is that like a lot of times, like, people. Like, and I share this all the time, and this is going to kind of tie in with what we were talking about too, is one, we live in a world that we have access to all of the information we need in seconds. And that itself can be extremely overwhelming. And that's where we get stuck into the Me Too movement, where just because one person says something that slightly matches you, you think that everything automatically has to follow suit. Or a lot of times on the flip side is that when we feel so overwhelmed, we don't know where to go. We feel like all hope is lost. That's a hard rut to get out of. So again, going back to mindset, whether working with a coach or not, self-awareness first and foremost is so huge, but then just being able to recognize what's serving you and what isn't. I don't want it to make it sound like our emotions now have to become so transactional and, and, uh, transactional and that this is you know, like a, a school subject that you need to pass. But like, I think as a society, we all just need to get better at recognizing like what really matters to us, what works for us, what doesn't and where we're putting the majority of our energy. I absolutely agree with that. And I mean, to touch on, to piggyback off that emotional maturity is just something that I feel like lacks in our society Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't put enough emphasis on, and that goes totally into knowing your values and knowing like, you know, what, what will work for you. And it's definitely, you, it takes to me so much longer to do the hard work to find true happiness Mm -hmm. within yourself and just be comfortable within yourself. But once you do, it's like, 
nothing there's the pretty there will always be traumatic things that go mm-hmm. through that you go through in life but knowing how to pick yourself up when it feels like the guns are just up to your face and you're mm-hmm. about to die and you don't know how to get through it that's where this mindset work comes in yeah absolutely and you know even with that like it's it's funny that you mentioned that i i was just talking to somebody about this the other day that you know it's no matter what, like, you know, as you said, adversity is going to happen no matter what, but we don't know what we don't know. And I mm-hmm. think Brown actually says it, you know, he's like, it's a matter of, um, oh my gosh, how did it go? It was like, there's the phrase, you know, what you don't know won't hurt you. He's like, what you don't know can kill you. So when you allow yourself to just get stuck in living and going through the motions one that's not a sense of fulfillment anyways but then two like you said now all of a sudden when adversity rocks and you've never been there before how do you know where to go Mm -hmm. you know many don't and I think that's just where they seek social media and then you find a motivational post that can pick you up temporarily but it's the same thing like if you want straight teeth you, you you gotta gotta have braces put on there and you gotta go through the pain sometimes as they tighten them and move them and do whatever else, but you can't leave braces on for one day and expect your teeth to stay straight. Same thing with your mindset. Right. Always have to work on that. Every, and, and that's, I think that's one of the biggest issues that I have with social media in our society is just the instant gratification and they make it sound like you will achieve this stuff so fast. But to me, and it's really like, daily habits mm-hmm. that you just are consistent with mm-hmm. and having a coach to give like to help you with that accountability if that's something that you need yeah. to really start to build and form those habits to um be consistent and constantly challenge yourself especially as entrepreneurs like finding happiness as entrepreneurs is is hard because it's a lonely world mm-hmm. and <laughs> And it's just, um, there's so many ups and downs rather than like the normal person that works are not normal, but the nine to fiver. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, I mean, even with that, and if you don't mind, I want to, I want to ask you a question too, but like, that's again, with social media there, we allow social media to paint out what happiness is supposed to look like for us. And mm-hmm. I think the definition is different for everybody. Because like you just said, entrepreneurship, it is not for everybody. It sucks. It's hard. Not just anybody can do it, which is why there's tons of people who try and they don't, they, they don't succeed or why maybe somebody who likes the corporate setting, why they thrive and somebody else doesn't like we're letting society still continue to tell us and morph and into what that happiness is supposed to look like. Not everybody's going to find happiness in working for themselves. Some people want to be able to have a nine to five job that they can check out from and then go home and not have to think about anything else. And that's kind of where I was just going to like switch and ask you a question on this. Like, is there anything that you've done in your life that like society told you was going to make you happy? And once you did it, you're like, this is not me at all. Like, never mind. Uh, You know what I mean? I've kind of always done what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, and then I, um, I thought that I wanted like a corporate, you know, job that I work nine to five, but sometimes I, I do feel like I did that to 
make my husband happy. Um, because even though like I loved the serving industry and I'm a pretty decent fan of Marie Folio, Folio yeah, and um, she, I read her um, book, Everything is Figureoutable recently. Mm-hmm. And she just shares like, she's like, I worked serving jobs. I was a dancer. I did all of this while I was building my coaching industry. And mm-hmm. I think that there's so many stigmas that I've had in my mind about um, serving because I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this forever, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, hold up. I actually really like talking to strangers. I really like the opportunity there. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And, and so it's like, I work my serving job one night a week and I work my nine to five. And literally it's like, I, so yeah, working, like I, it's funny because I created a life I manifested a life uh, right after the hurricane that I evacuated from. And when I moved here, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and use my degree, work in a nine to five job. I don't really care what it is as long as I, you know, can make some money. Cause I was just so money focused. That was, that mm-hmm. was another problem. So yeah, it's a lot of things, but um, I, and I realized when I volunteered in the Bahamas um, in February of 2020, that I had created a life that I did not like. I was working just to work um, and not actually adding any value to the world. And I had more quality of life while I was working for free, re like cleaning up people's homes and cooking for people for free while I was in the Bahamas on an island that was still running off of generators six months after their hurricane. And I I came back and I was just like, I'm leaving this where I'm actually feel fulfilled to go back to work a job that does not serve me. So yes, yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) I I definitely would say that. (laughs) And, And that's the thing though, too, is that like, you know, sometimes whether we're aware of it or not, because obviously, like you said, like you, you were one that kind of would march to the beat of your own drum anyways, and always did what you wanted to do. But that stigma that society puts out there, like, because even as like you were saying it where I used to be a waitress as well. And as you were talking about, like you brought out a lot of feelings of me of like, no, that should just be a side gig that you do to get you through college. Or Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's, that's just what you have to do until you figure out what you want to do with your life. But it's like, why can't you know what you want to do with your life and still be doing it? Like I said, it's easy money. Like you get to meet new people all the time. Like you're socializing, like there's nothing wrong with that. But again, the stigma sometimes distracts us and makes us feel otherwise. And so even those that seem to be fully aware at times, life is still (laughs) kind of happen. So it is, it does take a lot of, you know, just work on ourselves, what makes sense. Cause then also too, is what you can probably agree to is that what made you happy a few years ago was not the same thing that makes you happy now. Not that right. it's bad, changed it's so much. Right. We're Girl. creatures. <laughs> right. Like I was in Florida a few years ago and like I had, I didn't appreciate, like I appreciated it, but not nearly as much as I would now, but it's, I'm just on a different chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, but now it's like I find so much joy in like recording podcasts and doing YouTube videos and, mm-hmm. you know, even go like during this pandemic, still being able to go to my serving job 
and and see people has been like huge for me because yeah. it's like I've I'm such an extrovert and I like to deal with people when they're happy. So <laughs> they're usually happy when they come out to eat. Right, right. Not at the grocery store. People are not happy at the grocery store. (laughs) Girl, listen, let me tell you, coming from Ohio and now being over here in New York, (laughs) it is so crazy. I'm like, one thing I can respect is that they know how to mind their own business. But let me tell you, when they mind their own business, like there is no sense of friendly interaction the majority of the time. So I, thinking of all the times I've gone to the grocery store these past few months has been hilarious. But because you know, yeah. you're an empath like I am too. Yes, yes. So like for the first like April, May, June, it was very, I stopped, I stopped going to the grocery store. I started getting that stuff delivered because I would just, people are so frantic. I, I caught myself helping people in the grocery store find things that I don't, I don't work at the grocery store, right, but I'm right. like, you just look too stressed and I need to help you because it's not that serious. But right. <laughs> Yeah. See, and then it's it's interesting you say it because at that point I, I was still in my corporate job and I was working from home, but I, I worked within the financial industry. So at that point, that was that was the only COVID is the only reason why I stayed as long as what I did was because now it was me having to go into coaching mode to all of these advisors and these agents to talk them off the ledge as their clients are wanting to go off the ledge. And I'm like, okay, listen, like let's talk this out. Like we're in a crazy storm right now. And like, let's just, let's just talk about it. And so I was actually like thriving in that. And I, I have a passive, I used to be a massage therapist. So I, as an empath, I've learned how to protect my energy, but yeah, I will say is like, when I do get around big crowds, even like now, because of, I feel like how much emotion is being held by everybody. By the time I get home, I can, there's some days where I'm super exhausted from just being around that many people slew of people girl (laughs) definitely so how speak on that as an empath how do you protect your energy and your internal happiness that is a great question and through many experiences of burnout I'd like to say in some way I've, I've become a pro one thing I will say since we are speaking of books which yes Maria Forleo the everything is figureable I'm obsessed with that book um but another one emotional intelligence I learned a lot about myself and what my emotional IQ actually was. But first and foremost, like I'm going to keep going back to this is self-awareness and like being able to recognize your own energy, even before you enter a room to be able to take on anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Because if you already walked in and you had a bad day, like the likelihood of you bumping elbows with somebody else who's having a bad day is definitely going to intensify it. If you were in a good mood and then all of a sudden you go to the grocery store and next thing you know, like you're super ticked and you don't even want to be around anybody, you need to recognize where that came from and why it impacted you as much as what it did. So just being very self-aware of your own emotional state in that moment in time is huge. Um, so that's kind of one thing. And especially with working with my clients, like they're, they're hour long sessions and stuff gets really heavy sometimes. So a lot of just one, just taking a second to breathe, disconnect. Um, I'm obsessed with dancing. So turning on like music that I love, like, and just kind of moving my body and letting the blood circulate, like just, or going to the gym, doing whatever. Those are the majority of the ways of like how I can just kind of disconnect and allow my thought process to shift a little bit to 
not be as stressed about whatever's causing that stress. That's one way I protect my energy. Another is, um, and this is probably one of the most powerful things that I ever had taken on. So I feel honored to be able to share this with you, but then also whoever is listening, because it 100% changed my life, is the next time that you're upset, okay? So let's say you go to the grocery store, whatever, you're at home, your kids, husband, whatever, your emotions are shot, okay? Who you turn to to vent in this moment is going to be very crucial. And my best friend and I, like, she's like, I swear, I don't understand. She was, we're the same person. But whenever I'm having like a rough time where I need to talk to somebody because me sitting in my own space and trying to do what I need to, to shift my energy isn't working. I text her and I say, Hey, scale of one to 10, where is your mindset right now? If she's lower than a six, I am not going to approach her with my problem. Because she's not in an energetic space or a good mental space to give any sense of advice that is going to be beneficial for either of us. So that's been one really huge key. And then the second is that when I do reach out, because that's it, we need to get out of our own way sometime. We do have to ask for help because we are not God. So we need to know that we are humans and we have our moments to need help too. So the second part with that is that when you do ask somebody then, or you are choosing to vent to somebody, being aware of what it is that you need in that moment. So for instance, my mom always tries to give advice and I love her dearly, but her advice is never helpful. So when I call her, I'll say, mom, I just need to vent. I just need you to listen to me. I'm not asking for advice because another way to destroy your own energy And your mindset is by getting unsolicited advice. If you're not willing to hear it, even if it was the best advice you could have ever received, you will not receive it because it was not, you had your guard up, you weren't wanting it. So again, self-awareness, I think is where it all comes in. Good communication, but then knowing ways that make you feel good, that can allow you to disconnect your thought process from whatever it was that put you in to a negative energy or a bad mindset. I love that. I absolutely love that because those, I do, I do some of those things and, um, I definitely need to like check in and make sure my friends are good first, but most of the time I don't unload all the way. I definitely like, I I guess I do check in, but I don't ask the scale. Um, because so many people like, use other people as their sounding boards, but they don't even make sure to check if they're ready. So I love that you said that because it's so important for the other person too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you've got to, you've got to think about that person too, because it, we can only take on, but so much. Right. Um, and yeah, no, I think that's, that is definitely, I love that. Thank you. What are some, um, other things like tips that you would give somebody that doesn't necessarily have a great support system? Um, Yet again, we have the world at our fingertips. And especially now, um, you know, we are also like, like I said, like I live 11 hours from my entire family. I'm pretty much one of the only people in my entire family to even leave Ohio So no matter what, if I want to connect with anybody, either I have to travel to them um, or, you know, like 
it would have to be through Zoom or something technology-based anyways. So one of the biggest things I will say, and, and this is a lot of where my story comes from, I was one of the most negative, bitter individuals that you would ever meet in your life when I was younger. I will never forget it. One of the days I was in high school and the girl next to me uh, was always so happy all the time. And I was a miserable human being. She was on my basketball team. She opened up her locker the one day and was smiling and just like was really happy. And I go, can you just freaking not like your face, get it away from me. Like nobody, nobody is that happy. Like, let's just stop. And I walked away from her. Like, that's how negative I used to be. Like happy people pissed me off. And I was in a toxic relationship. I grew up in a toxic environment. And so it's easy to get sucked into that because many of times people love to see you doing well, but ne never better than them. So if that's the mm -hmm. type of system that you're in, there's, we have Facebook groups that, you know, people can, you could reach out to like, you know, maybe it's somebody like parents of disabled children, or if you're looking for like a Facebook group of like women married to military, you know, people or whatever, like there's Facebook groups, there's Instagram, like you can reach out and you can create like some of the best relationships I've created with people is like, I have a woman that she lives in Tennessee and I've never met her in person. She was in my coaching Academy and her and I vent to each other all the time. Like, if you don't oh, same. Circle, <laughs> up and find somebody to be in your circle, if you don't like the negativity that you're around, delete it out of your life, delete them off Facebook, find positive people, reach out and say, Hey, <laughs> yeah, you have to take responsibility for your own happiness. Yes. yes. You cannot allow all of the other things in your life to like, you've got to do a self audit. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something I definitely like I go through with people. It's like, okay, well, and I feel like so many people have problems that are in their control, but they don't realize how much control they have. Like they don't, if they all, they know they have that toxic friend that is always going to drain their energy. You don't have to pick up the phone. Right. You like you just because they call like it, and it's you all you have to see where you're and this is going back exactly to what you were saying um, before. So, yeah, no, I you're right. They there are so many resources now that we didn't have at our fingertips before. Right. Um, what are some activities? Go ahead. What? What are some other activities that you have your clients do that aren't necessarily um, like, do you have any journaling activities or anything like that? Um, yes. I personally don't refer to it as journaling. Um, and because me, when I was, when I was in school, I was very bitter, but I was also like a teacher's pet where like my homework, I never went home and did homework because I knocked all my stuff out during school. Like I was always OCD about having everything finished. So when I, when I think of people who go into, you know, like with meditation and with journaling and like kudos to those that can journal every day, I can't, um, because to me now it feels like it's a writing assignment that I have to turn into my English teacher. So mm -hmm. a concept that I refer to is more around brain dumping where it's like, how, how many people do you know that say they can't sleep? 
because they have such anxiety or they're so stressed about what something's going to do. Getting it out of your brain and putting it on paper is so powerful. So in those moments, dump it out of your brain, clear the junk out of that closet that you have been dreading to clean for so long. Even if you never go back and read it, just sometimes dumping out what all your thoughts are, we don't do that. Um, Another really big exercise, and I personally haven't done it very often, but when I have, it was a pretty cool experience. I don't know if you've ever seen it on social media, but like the people who were from a healthy standpoint, like if you're stressed, like it's okay if you're angry. It's okay if like you're pissed at somebody, like it's okay if like those closest to you, you don't like right now. Like your emotions are valid. And a lot of times people just try to brush it off and act like everything's okay. And that's why nothing's being dealt with. So dumping out those thoughts is one really healthy way to do it. But another one is like when you see people like just go outside and just like freaking scream, like let it out. Who cares? You're not hurting anybody. Just like allow yourself picture all of this emotion is bottled up. And it's just trying to be released. So let it out and then figure out how to sort it out once you do it. But you got to You got to let it air out somehow. I, yeah. Okay. I <laughs> love that because I honestly am not the person that journals all the time. What I, some things that I do have my clients do though, if they don't even want to journal, but this also helps them because I deal with um, a lot of female entrepreneurs that want to be on camera. So mm-hmm. This is something that I'll have them do is record themselves talking to their future self mm-hmm. and just talking about what they would write if they don't necessarily want a journal, but right. actually saying it out um, and just like a combination of the two. But it's it goes back and it shows like proof when you you look back at it at a later date and um it is kind of like a brain dump just to talk about what's going on, how you're feeling. And one of the things that my friend Jessica had has me doing is talking through my anger and actually like rationalizing. And it, when those feelings come up, because we're a, a lot of times we're so good at bottling things and covering up, especially because of society's pressures mm-hmm. of like, you know, we need to look a certain way, be a certain way. And as we start to get rid of that ego and start to get rid of all of that other crap and just become more of ourselves, when we can take a deep breath, talk through our anger, find out why we're really mad, then we can release that ener- that negative energy so it doesn't get attached to that feeling so you don't necessarily get triggered as fast in the future. Right. That's right. just... Two of the things that I've also done um, that I find really helpful too. And if you want to use them, go right ahead. (laughs) Well, no, and actually what I was going to, what I was going to share with that is like, as you're talking through that anger is again, that, that boils back down to that self-awareness avenue is, Mm -hmm. is okay. Are you mad at this situation? Like realistically, are you pissed off that somebody cut you off in traffic or are you upset because you were, you had all of this high anxiety emotion because you overslept from your alarm clock because you were up last night scrolling through TikTok. Like, where is it actually stemming from? Was the make or break po- moment of your day actually because somebody cut you off in traffic? Or what was it that triggered and then amplified that situation? So allowing yourself to breathe, have your moment, 
notice what's going on and then addressing it from there. And then I know that this one, and I'm, again, it has to be in a certain mental space for you to be able to receive this, but then recognizing is like, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Say, what is this teaching me? Right. What can I learn from this? Yes. We can only control what we can control. So Mm -hmm. if it's inevitable that whatever somebody else said, did, reacted, or didn't do, why am I getting so upset about it? And what can I learn from this to either one, have more control so that doesn't happen in the future, or also have more control so I don't let that negatively impact me the way it did just now? Yes, I love all of that. Um, I also, I always like to ask, who are some of the people, who are some of your motivators um, in person and online? So Marie Forleo, definitely. She is um, like, even though like I'm from Ohio, she's from New York, like her, her story is very, very similar to mine. So Marie Forleo is a one I'm a huge, huge fan of. Um, let's see. I used to be a big Tony Robbins fan, but now I'm not so much. Um, Lisa Same Lee. girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to be. Um, and not not so much anymore. Uh, Eric Thomas, uh, he's, I just, that's girl. I listen to him when I work out because I'm just like, I, oh, I got this. But uh, probably the other two, okay, because that's more of like your deep motivational, so E.T., Marie Forley, yes. business feminine style. Okay. Then the other two that I would say, uh, I'm very, very into my faith, Pastor Stephen Furtick and Pastor Michael Todd. They, yes. They, oh my gosh, like just the way that they speak in complete transparency within, within the church and address a lot of the topics that many don't want to and just their, their preaching style, especially throughout all of COVID. Like I listen to them every single day and I swear their messages always hit home. So those would probably be the other two. And then as far as motivators in person, um, and I know this probably sounds super cheesy, um, but what I would have to say is as of late, it is, it's, it's my future self is my motivator um, because I had just moved away a year ago um, and I'd been in Ohio my entire life. And every time I went back and I visited, five different times to my family. And every time I went home, I, I, I less and less that I was able to relate to them. And I was triggered. I was triggered. Um, and would always be very negatively impacted because it reminded me of who I used to be in the parts of me that I didn't like. Um, but then every time I would get back to my new home and recognize that I overcame a lot of that, And then I allowed myself to actually be confident in who I am to see who I am capable of becoming moving forward. Uh, Just self-assessment every single day on what I can be doing better, what I'm proud of within myself. I would say my future self is my my in-person motivator. I love that Um, because... we're so similar. It's crazy. I'm so (laughs) like, but I mean, we, of course we have different stories and everything like that, but, um, it's just, it's so rare to find someone that resonates, um, so deeply on so many different levels. So I just, I I have to say that I, uh, appreciate that. Um, I felt like a creep when I reached out to you, but I was like, I swear 
we are from, we are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> For real, girl. Like, um, what what are um, some of the charities that you're passionate about? So, um, back when I was coaching uh, cheerleading, the one year we re- we had like our cheer competition or whatever, and half of it went to a beneficiary of our choice in that year was for the special needs program. And so my team was able to present a check at the halftime of one of their football high school games um, to present the check to these special needs athletes. And it just, it stuck with me in my heart. And then when I moved away, um, I was trying to build like my brand within the, the Toledo area and uh, decided to do a 5k and I didn't feel right. I'm not a big medicinal person or anything. And I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do it for? So I did special needs. Uh, so special Olympics is hands down, um, the number one nonprofit that I am obsessed with promoting. Um, I have all of my, all, many of my athletes on, on Facebook and they're all adults. Um, but yeah, the, the, a couple of them, we pray together, Uh, The one he's in a wheelchair and he has cerebral palsy and like part of my why on why I want to hustle and impact as many lives as I can is because the larger of a platform I can create, I want to be able to give him and many other uh, athletes the ability to step on stage to share their story. Um, Because one of the biggest quotes uh, that I had heard when I started working with them is the only disability is a bad attitude. And I couldn't agree more. And so the, I, I get to see these athletes overcome things that people say they would never be able to do all the time. And so who is somebody who isn't disabled to say they can't do something? It's a big motivator on why I coach on mindset. It reminds me of my own mindset. Um, so the special needs community is very, very much <laughs> near and dear to my heart. Other than that, um, I had went through an extensive training of 20 hours to become a facilitator for grieving children due to death of a loved one from the ages of four through 22. So uh, Good Grief is an organization that allows kids uh, a safe space to grieve death of somebody close to them. So that would be a solid second with the special needs community for me. I love that you have such a good heart because so Mm -hmm. many people don't you you, and you've also worked so much with them and and have made that a part of your life. And so you're just, you're a great human. And I I really appreciate that. Um, And I love that you have that passion. I think, I believe that everyone should have a passion to help others um, I believe that's what we're put on this world to do. So yep. you're definitely helping and shining light to um, special needs people. And I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that I I have no experience with. And I, I just, I admire people with the, with hearts like yours. Mm-hmm. Um, what, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, (laughs) no, that is, that's a good one. Um, because I am like an OCD scheduler and I'm so big on tasks and checking things off of lists. Um, but what I will say, especially from the last two years of my life and the turns that it took, um, and me having 
suffered from being a control freak for so long um, and recognizing the things that I wanted so dearly were not what were best for me. So in five years, um, I, I, I see the version of me on like on steroids, like not literally, but just traveling even more and impacting even more people. And however God is calling me to do that, um, I definitely do believe it still will be coaching individuals. But uh, I think also by that point is is being able to speak to the masses as well and then uh, be able to pull my some of my athletes along the way on the journey. So that's, that's probably what I would say. Other than that, I, I don't want to put too much of a uh, a vision on it because God has continued to uh, prove that his 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 path is better than what mine has been. So I'm just trusting Girl. the path. Girl, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm the same way. Like I'm such a planner and I liked it. But I, I said something this year and 2020 taught me this. I said, you know what? I'm going to just stay consist- consistent in doing what I need to do and let and just let it on God's time. I'm going to continue to add value to people's lives and I'm going to just, you know, continue to do what I need to do and what I'm in control of and react. And and we can only really control how we react to situations, but you know, as far as work goes, like just continue to do what I got to do and, um, continue to build as I can, but whatever direction God leads me in, I'm going to just follow, you know? Yes. So I, I definitely, I feel you on that for real. Um, Tell us again where people can find you. So um, just pretty much, I, I think I have all social media except like Twitter. So I have I have my Facebook. I do have a group that's called Unleash the Beast Within. Uh, that one is definitely daily motivational content. I have an Instagram page that does the same and then I have my website. So I think you'll have all of that information since my first and last name are super fun to try to spell. <laughs> Oh yeah, all of that's linked down below in the um, show notes. Perfect. Yep. Because yeah, jamiecharlottecoaching.com is the website. That's Jamie the coach. It's J-A-Y-M-E. Always can remember me as the Jamie with no eyes, I suppose. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how you guys can find me. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. And thank you all for listening as well. I hope we can do more of these because this has been fun. (laughs) Yes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.